Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, hello, hello. Dave Hall here. I am your host. I'm very excited to be with you again this week. For those of you who have been on previous episodes, welcome back. Glad to have you with us again. For those of you who this is your first podcast with me, very excited to have you. Welcome. Glad to have you as you spend this time trying to better understand the things that you can do to get safely through retirement because that's my job to help you get access to the education, the tools, the resources, all the things that you need to make that retirement better than maybe it did before you came to my podcast, webinar, any of the events that that I have to help you better understand something that is so important to you. If you were on last week's show, you know that I talked about some proposed changes that are out there for Social Security. And if you left that show, you probably realized I'm not a big fan of most of the changes that are being put out there. Biggest problem is most of them are going to be a a short-term fix that's going to create a much longer-term problem when we look at what's going on with Social Security program. Today, we're going to be talking about Medicare, something that I'm equally as excited about, probably equally as passionate about. Many of us believe that once we turn age 65, we're going to go on to Medicare, not really have to make any choices, and we're going to have this amazing healthcare program that's going to help us get through our retirement. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of truth in that statement. What we find is, yes, once we reach age 65, we qualify for Medicare, but unfortunately, it is not as simple as most of us would like it to be. There are a lot of choices that you're going to have to make, and there are a lot of things that you could make mistakes on. If you make the wrong decision, could end up costing you uh, hundreds of dollars, may cost you thousands of dollars. For some people, it could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. There are big mistakes that are being made on a consistent basis. Today, we're going to be talking about some proposed changes that I'm actually for because what I believe is the program does need to be simplified. We do need to take out some of the got you things that are inside of Medicare to help us get better results in our retirement, to not punish people just because they didn't know, because they didn't understand that the program was as complex as it was. Today's webinar is going to be coming from information that was brought about from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services back on April 22nd of 2022. So not that long ago, when we look back, they had brought about a number of proposed changes inside of the Consolidated Appropriations Act for 2021, talked about various consumer interactions, things to make the consumer experience better from a financial side, obviously, with Medicare and Medicaid. But inside of that, Act, there were a couple of sections that they're really promoting as they came out here in April uh, 22nd to talk about that they would like to see get implemented as soon as possible. Hoping that these happen, the effects of these, some will take effect at the beginning of the year. Others, you may be able to see some impact during 2022 based upon what is being proposed here. Three main issues that we're going to talk about. The first one is dealing with when you are eligible to get your Medicare benefits. We're going to talk about current enrollment periods and the impact that when you sign up for Medicare may have on your eligibility and what's being proposed. The second one we're going to talk about is special enrollment periods. They're proposing that there be more freedom given to the secretary to allow them to implement additional special enrollment periods. And then we'll end today talking about something that's near and 
and dear to my heart, and that is the anti-rejection medication that you get once you have a kidney transplant and how the laws have worked in the past and what they are proposing and the possible benefits could actually come for those like myself who have had a kidney transplant to be able to keep that kidney, to not have some of the negative impacts that have happened in the past. Let's get started by talking about eligibility. What we're going to talk about here, as well as from the special enrollment period, comes out of Section 120 of this Act. This is where they're trying to get it to where you do not have delays in coverage. So if we look at the way it's structured currently, all of us have an initial enrollment period. This starts three months before the month that we turn 65, and then it includes the month we turn 65 and then goes three months after. It's a seven-month window that you have the opportunity to get signed up for Medicare without having any penalties associated with that sign-up. The problem is there ends up being an undiscussed penalty, and that is a delay in coverage if you do not get signed up during the initial part of this seven-month window. So for those of you that do end up getting signed up during the first three months, you're going to become eligible for Medicare benefits the month you turn age 65. Typically, you're eligible for those benefits on the first of the month and the month you turn age 65. So if you get signed up during those first three months, you're going to get Medicare starting that month. Problem is, if you get signed up during the month that you turn 65, you will not be eligible until the next month. So if your insurance stopped the month that you turned 65 from your employer or from the government, if you had Obamacare or the insurance that comes through the, the system there, you're in a position to where now you may have a month gap in coverage that that month that you turn 65, you're not going to be covered. And it gets worse from there. Even though you can get signed up during the initial enrollment period, during the three months following your 65th birthday, if you do that, you may have a two or three month gap in your coverage for them to be able to get the paperwork put into place to allow you to get access. Obviously, you can see some issues here. Anytime we've got a gap in coverage, that's an opportunity for something bad to happen and us to end up paying tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars out of our pocket that we would not have had to have paid if we did have the coverage. So what they're proposing here is saying, look, let's go ahead and make it to where if someone's getting signed up during their initial enrollment period, they would be able to get coverage the month following when they end up getting signed up. So it's not completely taking out any risks that are associated with this, but it is making it to where we don't have these long gaps, these open windows where people are really struggling. So if you end up getting signed up two months after your 65th birthday, you would be able to start getting those benefits on the next month following that. That's the initial enrollment period. We also have current special enrollment periods. We're going to talk more about special enrollment and the changes are being proposed, but typically the special enrollment period has been for those who have credible insurance coverage before. For most of you, that is going to have to be an employer-based coverage that you've got, that it meets the criteria to be able to qualify for you not to have to sign up for Medicare once you reach age 65. If that's the case, then you're able to delay signing up for Medicare. You can wait until you either lose your job or lose that coverage. You have an eighth-month window to get signed up from the 
First of those two that ends up happening, whether you lost your job first or lost the credible coverage. Well, another issue we have here, yes, you can get signed up, but again, you may have some gaps in your coverage depending on when you get signed up during this period. And so they're trying to ensure that those gaps get limited. And then the other one that we need to talk about here is the general enrollment period. This happens from January 1st to March 31st each year, but your benefits do not start until July. So we've got another big issue. I know when I had my kidney transplant, I became eligible for Medicare and I ended up in this situation that when I signed up for Medicare during those first three months, I ended up having a lag in this coverage from Medicare. Luckily, I had other insurance until July 1st when it started. They're trying to get it to where if you get signed up during the general enrollment period, you'd have the same situation. You would become eligible for benefits that next month following the month that you got signed up. So definitely for the changes on this one as far as getting the coverage. I don't see any big benefit out there from making retirees be exposed to so much risk for multiple months potentially. Again, depending on when you get signed up and the way your current previous insurance worked and which one of these enrollment periods you're in definitely can create some major issues outside of the norm that you would have when you were looking at the potential healthcare costs or health coverage costs that you would end up having to cover. Next one also comes out of section 120, and it is addressing these special enrollment periods. As I mentioned, the main special enrollment period we've had here in the past has been for those of you who have had credible coverage leading into your retirement years. So you're able to delay it, not delay getting signed up for Medicare, not have penalties for doing so, and then have that open eight-month window. What the proposed change is, is to allow the secretary to establish other special enrollment periods. And they've listed about five of these out there that they would like to see put into place. Number one would be if a person was impacted by an emergency or a disaster. If you live in an area like I did, I lived in Puerto Rico in 2017 when Hurricane Maria hit. During that period of time, it was declared a national disaster. That would have given someone some extra time to be able to get signed up for Medicare without having any other side effects if there would have been a special enrollment period for this at the time. This is new legislation that's being proposed. I think it's great because there are things that happen that are beyond an individual's control inside of the world because of natural disasters, and this would allow them to get some relief there. The next one, special enrollment period, would be for health plan or employer errors. If you've got a situation where maybe an employer or a current health plan has given you wrong information, told you that you were covered a certain way when you weren't. And then you end up finding out later after you've missed the initial enrollment period that now you've got to wait to get signed up during the general enrollment period, trying to open that window so you could get coverage because it was no fault of your own. It was based on bad information that you had tried to get the right advice and were unable to do so. The third one here is for formerly incarcerated individuals. The way it works now, if you're over age 65, you don't have Medicare, you've been incarcerated, maybe just using the coverage that exists inside of the prisons, you get out, you have a problem. You can't get signed up for Medicare until you hit that general enrollment period, January 1st through March 31st. And then you're not going to get coverage until July. So if you end up coming out in April You've got to wait uh, over another year to be able to get coverage because you've got to wait until the first of the next year to get signed up. And then you've got to wait until July before you can get that coverage. 
So again, think it's a good thing. Try to help people get the coverage they need. Make sure that they've got the insurance that's going to help them. Number four, coordinate with termination of Medicaid coverage. So what it would allow is there are people that are on Medicaid end up losing it for various reasons. Maybe they start making too much money and so they no longer qualify. And you've got the same problem. If that happens during the year when it's not a general enrollment period and you're already over age 65, you're going to be in a position where you're going to have to wait for that general enrollment period. So you're going to have a lack of coverage. And the last one is for any other exceptional conditions. Now, I do find that interesting. Obviously, leaves it very open. I think the reality of all of this is they should allow people to get signed up for Medicare at any time. Why not allow people to get signed up, get those benefits, not have the delay in coverage, be able to get what they could have gotten had they known what to do correctly at age 65 or been in a position to do that to be able to get access to those benefits. So we'll see where this all goes. Again, when we look at it from the special enrollment period side, I think it's a great thing along with the opportunity to get your benefits to be able to get those sooner. The last one here is not going to affect a lot of you, but it is something that I've seen a major problem with. And that is those immune suppressant drugs that people like myself end up on because of a kidney transplant. The way that it's worked historically and the way it actually currently still works, you end up getting a kidney transplant. You can be on Medicare for 36 months which uh, most people who have a kidney transplant end up on Medicare. They get the 36 months. Well, at that point, Medicare cuts off, but you've got to take anti-rejection or immune suppressant drugs for the rest of your life. So you're in a position saying, look, I've got these outrageously expensive drugs, especially now I don't have insurance coverage to cut the cost down. I'm going to stop taking them. And this is exactly what many people have done. I don't know what percentage, but especially those who make the least amount of money and cannot afford to pay for these, they end up stop taking their medication. So guess what? They end up losing that kidney and then they end up back on dialysis on a list to wait for another kidney, which many of them often get, go through another transplant process and end up back on Medicare. Well, why spend all that money to have someone go through this process? Why have them go through all the emotion, the downturn, all the effects of having to be on dialysis and then go through a kidney transplant again when it could all be solved by just covering that anti-rejection medication? That's really the main thing most transplant recipients need. There's not generally a lot of other medical needs that they have as long as they're getting their medication, taking care of themselves, staying healthy, that's going to allow them to keep that kidney. So again, another thing that's not going to affect many of you, but definitely is a huge impact for those that it does. It's going to cut the cost. Dialysis is outrageously expensive. Transplants are hundreds of thousands of dollars. When we look at the cost of these medicines, yeah, maybe it's a couple of thousand dollars a year, but far cheaper than any of the other alternatives that the government's currently paying for. Medicare insurance can be overwhelming, and you may have lots of questions. We have teamed up with Medicare Compare USA to get your questions answered. Visit MedicareComparesA.com forward slash retirement risk advisors for complimentary Medicare insurance consultation today. There were some other things that were talked about inside of here from the way that Medicare interacts with states, the way paperwork's done. Not going to cover that information. If you want to learn more about it, welcome to get into the law to better understand what's being discussed there. It is Section 402, by the way, that act of the 
Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021, where it addresses the immune-suppressed drugs. So if you want to do some further research there, understand that it is Section 402. One last comment that I'd like to make here as we wrap the show up today is in regards to another proposal that's being made out there, and that is to provide better education to people as they prepare to go on to Medicare. This is another one that I am all for. I talk about it in my classes all the time. Anytime Medicare is brought up, I believe that it should be easier to deal with. There should not be all these gotcha situations inside of the program to where people, and oftentimes those who can least afford it, get stuck paying substantial amounts of costs that they otherwise would not have. Now, we do need to understand that Medicare is just like any other health program and that there are penalties if you don't get signed up because the healthy people pay for the unhealthy people. So if you don't get signed up at age 65 and you wait until 70 because you're healthy and don't need the insurance, they are going to penalize you for that so that they have that excess money to cover the costs of the unhealthy people. And so everyone in the program is not just waiting until they have major medical issues to end up getting signed up. But I do think people need to be better educated. I think the government needs to do a better job of getting information out there. And hopefully through bills like this can actually simplify the program to make it much easier for all of us to better understand the benefits that we're entitled to, the impact if we've got other insurance, especially employer insurance, how it may interact. Maybe you've got TRICARE, other government insurances, uh, so you better understand what the process is there versus having to go through a whole education process that most of us miss. We don't know even the questions to ask, so how can we better understand the program that we thought was so simple and so easy and was going to provide all these benefits? One last thing I will mention here, I know I said that before, but uh, one last thing I do want to mention, please don't believe that Medicare is going to cover all of your medical costs in retirement either. There are a ton of gaps inside of the program. Most people are going to either buy a Medicare Advantage plan to help solve those gaps or cover those or a Medigap plan, up to you what you choose to do. If you want to learn more about both of those, you can go to my Foundation for a Secure Retirement webinar where I cover that information. My name's Dave Hall. I've been your host. Great to have you with me today as we talk about something that is so important to all of us. Social Security and Medicare, although they seem to be simple government programs that all of us benefit from, in fact, 96% of America benefits from these programs, what we find is they are nowhere near as simple as they should be. And if you get it wrong, understand either one of these could end up changing your retirement long term. They could end up costing you tens, uh, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on your situation, in either lost revenue from Social Security or increased costs coming out of Medicare that you thought you weren't going to have to pay for. Again, my name's Dave Hall. Look forward to seeing each of you next week. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to my website, retirementriskadvisors.com. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. We come out with a new episode every Friday morning and you don't want to miss it. If you want to continue the conversation from our podcast, join Dave every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time on the Retirement Risk Advisors Facebook page as he answers your retirement questions live. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show is to sign up for more than 15 free CPE retirement webinars. For retirement education, visit retirementriskadvisors.com. 
to sign up for more than 15 free CPE retirement webinars.